This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. When you need to know what's happening, it's, 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 it's time to get in the huddle with Carl Dukes and Brian Baldinger. Back for another edition of In the Huddle. Look who's here, my man, Brian Baldinger. And if you're new to this podcast, first of all, thank you for being here. I'm Carl Dukes. Put him up along with my man, Jason Lock on four. We do this Tuesdays. Thursdays. We've done it all season long. We'll do it in the offseason as well. And in many cases, there's so much news that's going on. The offseason has already started, but we're going to focus on the games, Baldy, this weekend because I think we've got a lot of interesting matchups. Now, some people are looking at these games and they're going backup quarterbacks. Are these games going to be entertaining? We'll see. But I want to start with Chargers Jags. Baldy, the Jags are interesting and I think they're dangerous. And I'm looking at this game and I'm going, Okay, I know they got Eckler and I know they got Allen and Herbert, but why am I so why am I apprehensive to look at the Chargers and say they're going to go into Jacksonville and win on Saturday? I think a couple reasons, Carl. I think if you just, you know, start with the head coaches. Like Doug Peterson, we've seen this this team go from, you know, having the first pick cuz they were the worst team in football last year to being a legitimate playoff team, knocking off the Cowboys knocking off Tennessee at the end, the way that they did it, the way it's all coming together, the way the quarterback looks. And then I think people look at Brandon Staley and they go, hmm, is he really all that? I think that's. I think that starts with that. Okay. And then I think we just see, you know, the Chargers did play a lot better down the stretch, but then, like, you know, Denver just went up and down the field on them the last game of the season against their starters. So I think that some of that, and I just think people feel like Jacksonville's the underdog and they're at home. And, you know, they, they saw that victory against the Cowboys. That it was a legitimate victory. And I think they just see a team that's young and hungry. Um, and I think that's kind of where it is. Like you could get deep inside it and go, okay, but there's Joey Bosa's back and Khalil Mack. And we know the names. They haven't done it, you know, yet either. Uh, it's been a while. It's been a, you know, Justin Herbert hasn't been there. So then you go, okay, which quarterback do you trust more? All that kind of stuff. I just feel like people look at Jacksonville, they look at the win streak at the end, and they go, this is young and hungry and at home. And, you know, they did, you know, wipe up the Chargers week three. It's, you know, four months ago. I don't think it has anything to do with what's going on now. But I think that's where it is right now. Yeah, I agree. That score, by the way, was 38-10. But it was so long ago. I mean, it's like the Cowboys – Tampa yeah, game, Tampa right? Game. Yeah. You know, it, it happened week one, and we were all like, yeah, and then yeah. there's so much that has happened during yeah. the season. If you're focused on that solely alone and going, well, they beat them before, uh, you're not paying attention to what's been going on. Brian Baldinger, let's talk about Seahawks 49ers um, because I'm with you on the Jags. And, and listen, if the Jags advance, <laughs> I just – let me say this before we get to the, the 49er game. Yeah. 
You talk about Doug Peterson. I just think, uh, Baldy, we, we're going to see five teams. There are five jobs that are open right now, right, in the NFL. Yes. Um, Colts, Broncos, right? right? We're going through the list. And my point is, guys, we talk about this in the offseason all the time. you got to get the right guy. And yeah. if you get the right guy, it doesn't take long to fix these things. Mm-mm. The thing that Doug Peterson had going for him is they picked the right kid the year before he got there in Trevor Lawrence. They went and got yeah. the guy that they made the right pick. But coaching, man, it matters so much. And I just think, Baldy, as we look at these jobs that are open right now, we'll be talking about it as the weeks go on and we get to the Super Bowl and beyond. These teams have to get the right guy because if you don't, it sets you back three to five years, depending on how long you keep that coach, where the roster is, and what happens. I mean, same for the. we'll get to the Giants, but look at the Giants and what Brian Dable has done. He got the right guy. We didn't know Daniel Jones could be the right guy. It sure looks like it right now, but – We'll get to that, but you're right. Um, you 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 picked the wrong guy, and uh, you got to reset it. And you know the good thing, Jacksonville had they had money to spend, and they spent it. People scratched their head about Christian Kirk and Evan Ingram. You're right. pretty good right now. Yeah, uh, all those uh, selections. So yes, I mean Doug was he took the year off. You know he uh, licked his wounds a little bit, and uh, and he came back recharged, and he's making a big difference right now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. No doubt about it. All right, let's shift gears. Let's talk about 49ers Seahawks. Last time these two teams met in the playoffs was the Richard Sherman post game. You guys remember that? L-O-B, L-O-B. And everybody was like, what is this, a street gang? No, it's not, okay? But that's the infamous Richard Sherman rant, you know, don't you ever talk bad about me? That's the last time we saw these two teams. But it's completely reversed this time, Baldy, because the 49ers are the better defense. The 49ers are the team on the roll. The 49ers are the team that a lot of people think are going to get to the Super Bowl like it was when the Seahawks played the 49ers back 2012-2013. What are you thinking about this game? Well, you know, they did just play, and Seattle scored kind of a a late, almost meaningless touchdown with a minute to go to make it 21-13. It was 21-6. Seattle really couldn't move the ball. They couldn't run the ball. And they threw it, you know, they threw it 44 times. They ran it 14. Like, that's not Seattle's formula. Mm-hmm. You know, Pete Carroll's running around, you know, riding around on a, a little uh, scooter the other day, you know, after, uh, you know, they won and got themselves into the playoffs. And the fact is, is that this is a, there's a formula to every Pete Carroll team. It's, it's run-based. It's control the clock. It's shorten the game. It's error-free football. It's that—that's you know—and they—I don't know that they can play that style 
honestly, Carl, against this 49er team that is so explosive. Um, we'll get to their quarterback in a second. But, I look, Seattle can put up a fight because they do have good players in DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, and Geno has played well this year. He's not played as well late as he did early, but he can extend plays. He can run. He's He's been tough. Like, he's – there are three three tight end based team. Kenneth Walker is really a good football player, the running back. Um, but they they really need to run him. He needs he needs. Well, it's one of those games where, okay, um, can Kenneth Walker get a hundred yards? I don't think he can, but he has to. Like he needs a hundred. Right. Uh, he needs a big run in there. All that, and then you know they 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 can't turn the ball over at all. They can't give any extra possessions to this 49er team. 49ers should be heavily favored. They are. I think it's nine and a half points. I don't know what Nick has it at. Uh, but you know it's it's it, it's close to double digit, if not double digit, because the 49ers, they just don't show a weakness. And you can say, okay, if you even look at last week or the game against uh, the Raiders, you know, like Devontae Adams made these circus catches against them. Some of them were touchdowns, and like that's what you need. You need those type of plays to beat the 49ers. Because if you just line up and just okay, we're going to march down the field in 12 plays. Well, you know. That's, that's hard to do against a defense that has no flaws and has as much speed as they have. I know you are a big personnel guy, obviously, and I'm just looking at Kinlaw, Armstead, Bosa, Warner, Greenlaw. They are stacked. I mean, like, this team, it's an all-star team defensively, right? I mean, to your point about there are no weaknesses, I, I'm just looking at that front seven and we said this, Baldy, maybe week six or seven. And I think you had the Falcons game. Mm. And it was right around that time. And, and the 49ers came in and they were banged up. And the Falcons won the football game. And it was kind of like, eh, but they were missing like six or seven starters. And yeah. you said, Carl, when they get healthy, this is going to be a team. They're going to go on a run. And yeah. look what's happened. Ten in a row, Carl. Ugh. So, you know, the thing is, is that, uh, you know, the linebackers are ridiculous. Dre Greenlaw, Freddie Warner, even Aziz Al-Jahir. Like, they're, they're fantastic, fantastic speed. But I remember um, I was uh, I was doing the Tampa-San Francisco game about four or five weeks ago, and I saw Nick Bosa on the field. So he comes, he, he kind of like walks by, and he nudges me and he goes, so you think Max Crosby is the defensive player of the year, huh? So, like, he heard what I had said at that time. You know, it's yeah. like one of these things, like, oh, Max yeah. Crosby, huh? So I go, but I go, Nick, look, I mean, you know, you're right in the conversation. I'm not excluding you, but Max plays every play. He goes, yeah, he does, except I'm I'm getting ready to go win a Super Bowl, meaning I have to pace myself wow. for the postseason and beyond. Max probably won't get that, and he didn't. So when when, when Nick said that, it, it, it kind of like said, okay, this is Nick's time of the year. Like, okay, you can get 18 and a half sacks. You can be the defensive player of the year in the regular season. But his his goal is way bigger than this. It's about marching through the playoffs and winning Super Bowl 57. That's his mentality. So watch what he does now. Mm. Now that it's Nick Bosa's time of the year. Like now it's time, okay, the stats and the sacks and all that is nice. Here we are, you know, um, with the 10-game win streak. But now this is the real season. And I think a lot of guys – feel like that for the 49ers. I think Fred Warner feels like that. Like, I, I think there's certain guys with a mentality that they're there to win a Super Bowl. A lot of guys are there to get stats and get wins. This team collectively is there to win a Super Bowl. That's that's how they think. And I think, you know, I don't know if Seattle thinks like that right now. They got five rookies that are really good players, Tariq Cole, 
you know, Derrick is a really good player. You know, Charles Cross is a good player. Like, I don't know if they have that mentality the way the 49ers do. Yeah, it's a great point. Brian Baldinger, Carl Dukes, in the huddle with you, getting ready for Wild Card Weekend. Guys, subscribe, tell your friends about us, like us, and make sure you're here to check out every episode. Um, Pete Carroll, just want I don't want to say there's a coaching advantage. I just think I just think Kyle has a better roster right now, right? I don't want to say that there's a coaching advantage, but roster-wise, because of that, Kyle has an advantage. But I do want to give him some props. Because oh, because no he has done a really good job. Um, and, and I don't know if we look at Kyle Shanahan as we look at some other coaches around the league. When you look at the job he's done, and he's been able to manage and maintain without these injuries mm-hmm. and all the stuff, everybody deals with that. But, Baldy, I've said this to you. The guy is brilliant offensively, man. He just is. And look at what Christian McCaffrey has done since he got to, to San Francisco. He was with the Carolina Panthers, and they were, and, you know, we're going to get him the ball. He immediately gets there and has an impact. And that's all because of the system in Kyle Shanahan. And I just think with the system and the defense, Baldy, this is the team I think to beat right now in the NFC heading into these playoffs. Look, I've said this now, that this is the best team in the NFC. This is the best team in the NFL. It's the best team in the universe. I mean, I've been saying that now. Now, can they be beat? Everybody can be beat. Sure. Sure. Um, you know, it's just, uh, but you know what Kyle's done with Brock Purdy too. Like, you know, the, the, the vision that Kyle and John Lynch had with the trade with Christian McCaffrey was brilliant because we all know Christian McCaffrey is a talented player, but I don't know if Christian McCaffrey went, I don't know, you know, pick a team. If he went to, uh, the New England Patriots and I'm not knocking Bill Belichick or anybody, but like, would he be the same guy in New England? Would it be the same guy in Detroit? I don't, you know, like this feels like this is the perfect spot for him. The way that they use him, the the, the number of touches he gets, uh, inside outside passing game, like and, and then the complementary piece to you know what we're seeing from Kittle and Ayuk and all the other pieces on that team. It seems like the perfect uh, perfect fit right now. Yeah, it really is. All right. Miami at Buffalo. Buffalo heavily favored. Nick Costos was talking about this, and we're going to talk with him. Uh, but we, he was telling me earlier that, you know, uh, <laughs> this this number should maybe be bigger because of the quarterback situation. Bowley, is this game going to be competitive with what you know about Miami and how they're headed to Buffalo this weekend? I just saw him last week in you know, week 18 against the Jets. You know, they couldn't score a touchdown. Um, you know, they put up 11 points, two of them on the final, you know, play by the Jets, uh, just laddering the ball around through the end zone. I mean, it was not a pretty offensive performance. And it, it, I'm not – nobody should knock Skylar Thompson. He's a seventh-round pick for a reason. Right. I mean, I think he was a throwaway. You know, he had some success at Kansas State. And, you know, he has some he has some ability. Um, you know, they're, they're just a beat-up team right now. I mean, Tyreek Hill was in and out of the lineup last week. They did run the ball very well, and then you find out Raheem Mostert broke his hand. And can you play with a broken hand? I don't know. Yeah. I don't want that ball being put in a, a running back's hands that's got a broken hand. I mean, he's a target right now. Uh, even if he's carrying the ball with the leather hand, like you got a broken hand out there, like and you're you got the ball and you're running it, and he's an elite player. Like he's a target for Matt Milano and Trey Edmonds and these guys on Buffalo to go. You know, make sure that you tattoo. You know, so they're just a beat up team right now. And, you know, 
four weeks ago when they played on a Saturday night, um, you know, it was a really good game. You know, the, the Dolphins ran for 188 yards that night, Carl. That was the second most they run all year. And, you know, Tua had success throwing to Waddle and Tyreek for touchdowns. And it came down to the end. And it was a great game. And if you said, give me that team, give me that Miami team, and we'll go back to Buffalo, I'm like, okay, game on. This is going to be a playoff game. Get your popcorn. It's going to be fun. But we're not there. And yeah. it's just the, the quarterback is really important. And there's a big drop off. And the running back is really important. And having Teron Armstead in the lineup at left tackles, and they're just not there. And so then you, okay, well, how do they keep it close? And I said, you know, yesterday on the network, Carl, I go, it'd be nice if Bradley Chubb showed up. I haven't mm. seen the astronaut. It'd be nice if Xavier Howard, you know, showed up and took a ball or two away the way we're used to seeing. Like, but, but we haven't seen those from those guys. And that's how, you know, they got to run the ball and they got to be able to get some takeaways. And Buffalo leads the league in turnovers with 27. They've overcome it because they're just that dynamic. <clears throat> but I, I just don't see how – I don't see a formula where you're going to keep this close, especially knowing the emotion that's right. going to be in that stadium with the love for DeMar, what they did last week with the kickoff returns. Like that place is just going to buzz. And you go, can Skylar Thompson handle that atmosphere at quarterback? Can, what can you expect from him in that atmosphere? I mean, I, I don't have high expectations. It's a great point. Um, the emotion and, and all that's happened this last week – with DeMar, and we wish him nothing but the best. But, yeah, it, it's a lot to overcome. Here's the bigger story for me, Baldy, before we get to Giants, Vikings, and, yeah. and Ravens at Bengals. <clears throat> what happens to the Dolphins quarterback situation and head coach if they get blown out? Now, I never want to pin one game on a higher fire. Yeah, But I said this to a friend the other day because he's a Dolphins fan, and I know the producer of this show, Dylan, is a big Dolphins fan. He, he said he might not even watch this game. <laughs> um, but he says to me, why in the world would the Dolphins move on from Mike McDaniel? One year, he fits the profile. He's had a good year. It's not his fault that two has been hurt. And I said, this isn't about Mike McDaniel. This is about who you can get. And it's always about if you can get somebody that you feel may be better. And guys, the rumors are out there, right? Jason and I talked about the Sean Payton, Tom Brady package, potentially, no matter what happens. If Brady wins another Super Bowl, if he doesn't there are chances that you could maybe go get a quarterback and a coach that could have you in the mix for the next two, two to three years. And again, that's a stretch with Brady, but I'm using him as an example. Yes. Baldy, what happens if they get blown out and, and, and they are potentially looking to move on from Mike McDaniel because the rumors are out there? <clears throat> well, not just the rumors, but you know the, the missing ingredient here is the owner, Stephen Ross. Mm. Like, he's, got a, he, he's got a big wallet. And he'll write the check like he, he just wants to win. And so and it doesn't matter if there's a collateral damage along the way. I believe the Miami Dolphins. Look, I love you cannot not love Tua. I know that's a double negative, but you, you, you Tua. But I'm concerned for Tua. I'm concerned, like health wise, health wise. Health wise. Yes. I'm concerned for Tua. I, I know too many players. Some guys look. Larry Zonka was a fullback and a battering ram for a long time with the Dolphins. He's sharp as a tack. You know, I know guys that played that position and aren't. And, like, Tua's got a young family, got a young baby. Like, he's got to think about his long-term future. Like, the game is great. It's it's a lot of fun, but there's always an afterlife. I, you just have to be concerned with the injury history and then the concussions. 
And the Dolphins should be concerned. Yeah. Like, is this somebody that we can build with long-term? I, I have questions about that. So the Dolphins, led by Stephen Ross, like if they can go get Sean Payton and Tom Brady, and that has been rumored, and there's probably a lot of legs to that rumor. Um, I'm not here to investigate here, Carl, but like, go do it. Go do it. Go, go put it together. You know, and so there, there could be some turnover there, especially if this, regardless of what happens in this game. I agree. I'm just telling you guys, watch out for that. That We'll talk about it next week if something happens between now and then. But, you know, Sean Payton's making his rounds, and nobody's talking about this potential situation because, again, Mike McDaniels is the head coach. They don't have an opening. There's no reason to, mm-hmm. but they might. Brian Boldinger, Carl Dukes in the huddle. Okay. You know I've not been on the Vikings all year. Sorry, Vikings fans, all right? Blow the horn, do whatever you want to do. I've not believed in this team. And here come the Giants. The last time they saw them, Baldy, they had to kick a a 60-yard field goal to beat these guys. And I'm thinking Brian Dable is going to come in, and he's going to have an excellent game plan, and they are going to control the clock, and time of possession is going to get cut down. This is what I'm envisioning. Baldy, and all of a sudden, that explosiveness that all the Vikings have is going to get minimalized, and this is going to be a tight game. And what happens when these games are tight? The Vikings are going to choke. That's what I'm seeing this weekend. Tell me I'm wrong. Carl, so why is it that people don't believe in the Vikings? Why, why, why? Because I'm with you. Like, I don't – like the record is the record, and it's like you can't deny, like, the wins are the wins. They found ways. And some Sundays, you know, there was no answer for Justin Jefferson um, and Kirk Cousins. Even the last time they played, I mean, Justin Jefferson had a great game. and Kirk Cousins didn't make an error uh, in a 27-24 victory. But we look at a defense that's certainly not a championship defense. Mm-mm. Like Daniel Jones went up and down the field throwing the ball. If Bellinger doesn't, you know, get the ball knocked out of his hands, they might win. It. Like there, if, if, But I just feel like the Giants in that game – really made a statement in that game. First of all, for the first time all year, you go, okay, they they have a real passing attack. Patrick Peterson, they went after him. They went after Duke Shelley. They went after, and all these guys made plays, whether it was Richie James or Isaiah Hodgins or Darius Slayton, Bellinger, they all made plays. My thing is I believe in Wink Martindale. Like, I believe he's a great coach. And at one point when they were beating the Packers and winning, beating Tennessee early in the season – he was playing guys, Carl, off the street. Fabian Moreau wasn't on the roster to start That's the season. Like, you just look at these guys. They had playing rookies out there. Nick McFadden lining up at corner. Well, they got Xavier McKinney back. They're going to get Adore Jackson back. They're going to get – some of these guys are going to return on Sunday. And we're talking about just, the Giants, Giants defensive coordinator guys. Yes. Uh, that's who yes. we're talking about. So and, – and Wink would love to be a head coach. Like, I've known Wink a long, long time. He's a great coach. And you just talk to Julian Love, talk to his players, and they'll go, I, I, you know, you say, like, hey, you know, what's what's he do that's different, Julian? He goes, Baldy. Like, he, you know, it's like what Vic Fangio was as a coordinator, you know, mm. like he just knows how to put pieces together, knows how to break down your protections. Um, like, Kirk Cousins is going to get hit, and he's going to get hit early in his game, Carl. And I'm not knocking Kirk Cousins on this podcast here. He's had success. He has. But we, we don't believe in Kirk Cousins in big games. We just don't. He has to prove it to us. Show us. You know, he's been in this league a long time. He hasn't showed big games. He can lay a clunker with the best of them. And I just feel like on this game, this is Wink Martindale's game. 
Like this game plan, you saw a lot of it last week against Jalen Hurts in week 18. Giants weren't playing anybody, but they still hit Jalen Hurts and chased him with free hitters coming from all, all different directions. You're like, where'd that pressure come from? I hadn't seen that one all year. That's a pretty good one. Let me let me slow that one down and see what he did. Baldy, they blitz more than anybody, right, in the league, per, percentage-wise? They yeah. bring more pressures than anybody? Giants? And it, 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 they, they come, they, it's formation-based, and, okay, you can spread them out, okay, limit the number. He, they still come after you. So they gotta, they're going to get challenged in this game. And can Kirk Cousins and the offense have an answer for the pressures? To me, we can talk about Daniel Jones, and, and he's played great. He's Like, Carl, people don't understand. He ran for 708 yards this year. It's crazy. 700 yards. It's crazy. Like, this is this is a legitimate, you know, two-way threat. And he burned the Vikings in the first game with, with a lot of runs. And so you combine that with Saquon and Dable and what, you know, what they're doing right now. It's like, I think this is where the upset happens this week. Yeah. I, you know how I feel. We will see how it plays. The NFL is a wonderful thing. You know why, guys? You have to prove it on the field. We can talk about yeah. it. We can do all yep. this stuff. But at the end of the day, when these guys line up, it's all one on the field, and that's what makes it the best reality TV on television. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, Baldy, let's talk about these last two games before we get out of here. Ravens, Bengals, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this simply because no Lamar. Now, we can address this next week as we talk about the divisional round and if the Ravens end up losing, maybe they go upset the Bengals and I'd be shocked. Me too. But but this no Lamar situation is troublesome. It's I don't want to say he's letting his teammates down, Baldy. I don't know the severity of the yeah. injury. But what has happened, in my opinion, is the private conversations of a contract have become a circumstance that now he's hurting his team. This whole thing about you know securing the bag and being healthy and and not putting himself in harm's way. And now you're not going to play in the playoff game? You know, playoffs? Are we talking about the playoffs? I mean, isn't this what you play for? So give my team a chance. I, I'm a little disappointed. I'm not going to lie that when I heard the news, he wasn't going to play. I do not know the extent of the injury. And if it's more severe, then I'll retract that and say, hey, Lamar, you made the right decision. But it's bothering me, Baldy. It's bothering me. It's bothering me. And it's a big question mark for a lot of others. And I'm with you, Carl. I, I never, ever want to doubt or speculate about a player's injury. But you, like, it's the old Willis Reed, you know, coming out for the Knicks, you know, on one leg and <laughs> winning a championship, all right? Yes, I mean, yes. we, we all have that vision growing up, walking, you know, watching Willis walk out, you know, on one leg and play and helping his team. Like, you, I just feel like if you were really committed, you'd at least be on the practice field, Carl. You at least be on the practice field. You might be gimpy. You might, but you got to at least go out there on the practice field. You you can be as healthy. You can be an unhealthy scratch on, you know, uh, against Cincinnati. But you have to be on the practice field. That's right. And show show us show the team that you can't do this. 
you can't just stay in this hiding, you know, and say, I can't do it. You know, the, the knee doesn't feel right. Like you got to kind of show like, there, cause there are a lot of guys. I mean, I know Calais Campbell real well. There's a lot of guys in that Ravens team that are playing far less than a hundred percent. No question. I seen Ronnie Stanley out there on, on one leg a bunch of the times in the season, but at least he's out there and then he gets, you know, he, he's got to limp to the sideline. I don't know. He's just like, I understand, like, I understand the chicken. I understand yes. the, the bread. I get yes. all that. Yes. But this is a team game and they need electric Lamar. They're not going to get that, but they at least got to make the effort. I think Carl. That's where I'm at. I mean, guys, we could talk about what the Bengals are. We know what they are. They're the heavy favorite. They're at home. We just saw this matchup last weekend. Here's the tr- – I think if you're a Ravens fan, you go, my defense played well enough in the second half to keep yeah. us in the game. We just didn't get in the offense, you know, and you said it. Would Lamar with a, a knee brace on, would he be Lamar? I, I don't know. But just the fact that he's out there – Gives you an idea, or at least the defense has to account for more things. Well, let me just go back to Lamar for one second. All right. Like, so I'm 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 here to defend Lamar in some way too. Like they just gave Roquan Smith a hundred million dollars. He's just he's the highest paid linebacker in football right now. Yeah. And he's been there for less than two months. So I he, there's a part of Lamar that's saying, wait a second, hold on. He's like, right. I love Ro- Roquan. He's made our defense better. He's a great player. He's been here for two months. I've been here for five years. Like, what about me? Like, there is a part where you go, what are you saying? They're doing this backwards. They're just doing this backwards. Like, take care, like, the guy that's gotten you to the playoffs and gotten you all these wins and been the the league MVP. I think there's a part of Lamar that saw that happening this week, and they're like, all right, see you guys. Like, I'm checking out. Like, I, I don't know that. I'm just speculating. I'm on the outside looking in. For sure. And I've been in that locker room when somebody gets the money and you're like, hold on a second. Like I thought I was first in line because there is, there is a line. To the there bank. is a line. There There's is a line. line. Yeah, no doubt. There's a line in your job. I mean, you yes. know, I'm not saying, you yes. know, I'm saying the, yes. our listeners. No, no. Yeah, on. there's a line, you know, and if you put in the work, you've been productive, you've done yes. the, the job at a high level. And then the new guy comes in and gets paid. You what's up? I mean, like, yes. you know, I yes. get it. So uh, I'm with you, Baldy. All right. But, but, you know, go back going back to last week. Like, yeah, this Joe Burrow is just an amazing player. Um, did you like, did, did you see his quote, by the way? I, I just want to read this real quick. I, ahead, I, I, was, I was looking at this. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he said, and, and I'm going to paraphrase, but basically he was saying you can't be afraid in these big moments that that is where he thinks he plays his best. And he was talking about, playing with the swagger and the confidence, right? And and I'm a cigar guy, all right? I, I, I love stogies. I, 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 I'm a big cigar aficionado guy. So when I saw these guys bust out the cigars last week, you know, and I saw him do it after he won the national championship at LSU, and I'm like, that's my dude. Joe Burrow's yeah. my guy. But he's talking about not being afraid, Baldy, of these moments. And I heard him last week say, you know, they were like, so – you know, uh, what do you think about your window? And, you know, did you see this? And he was like, yeah. our window is as long as I'm here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, I'm going to give was, you a chance every year. Yeah. It was like, you He's know, he was like, suck on it. That was his thing. And I love that about him. But I know you want to expound a little bit more on Joe. Burke. Well, I mean, look. I mean, I have as much respect for Marlon Humphrey as any corner in his business. He's a, he's a great person. He is an elite player. And Jamar Chase is making these catches on him last week, Carl. And 
the throw and the receiver Jamar, it's just too perfect. Like it's just okay. We're gonna just feed you know Kareem in the post. Good luck stop, stopping the sky hook. Like you can't stop it. It, it feels like they're, it's Kareem. Like you just, it's just that good. But the two of them, and, and, and it's just it took your point about the quote. Like Joe Burrow just knows that he can put the ball in the right spot for his guys to go get it. I don't care if it's Trent Irwin or Jamar or T. Higgins. Higgins. Like he just has yeah. that belief in him, and he's just. Like, if you just break him down from a mechanic standpoint, you can't throw it any better. You can't be any more perfect in your mechanics and everything. Like, he just has that. And he has a deep belief in his ability to put it in the perfect spot, play after play. And if you have to – if this game would come down to the final drive, you know, it was like yesterday was the anniversary of John Elway's drive, you know, against Cleveland, 98 yards. And it was just one perfect throw after another. Like, I believe Joe Burrow is capable of doing that in any spot against anybody to go win the game. Um, you know, if they gave him one more chance to the Super Bowl last year, he was on his way to doing it, and time ran out. By the way, I watched the highlights of that. It's still incredible. Oh, Elway, Steve. Elway was freaking incredible. Yeah. I mean, just, you know, and, 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 and they're showing the Browns fans, and they have to go 98 yards. And it was just yeah. like, oh, man, it yeah. was so good. I know. So gut punch for every Ram, you know, every Brown fan to this day. It's just one <laughs> gut punch after another every year. All right. Last but not least, let's talk about Cowboys Bucks, guys. In the huddle. Um, this is wild card weekend. Remember, two games Saturday, three Sunday with the Sunday night game. Yeah. And then Monday night, Cowboys at Buccaneers. Talk about what we saw last week with <laughs> these Cowboys uh, Baldy. What what's going on? Well, I mean, it starts with Dak. And uh, Dak is, uh, you know, the pick six, you know, he could have had a pick six to play before that, you know, the fuller um, late, um, late eyes, uh, just what I, but I, but I just don't see the timing necessary right now with him and CD and him and Michael Gallup. I mean, there's a rhythm and a timing to a passing game. It's got to be the precision and it's just not there. He's getting off his receivers too quickly. It's play after play. He didn't play well, but then they didn't run the ball well at all. They got no. whipped up front by Washington. I mean, whipped. And, you know, they re-jug- they juggled the offense line last week. Jason Peters at left tackle, and Tyler Smith moved into guard, and Connor McGovern moved to center. Like, they, they had to do this switch to handle the loss at the center. So, but they didn't play well up front. They got whipped, and so the running game was non-existent. And then, so Dak, is, like, there's real question marks. I, I don't know what's going on. Like whether, you know, that thumb injury he had week one against Tampa, like he's afraid that if he follows through, he's going to hit a helmet right. in a pocket that gets dirty and cloudy, Carl. Like I can't speak for Dak and how he feels, but he's, <clears throat> he, you know, he didn't play well. It's more, way more than just a turnover. Uh, but then, you know, defensively, they've got a big glaring hole at left corner. Like every time I look up, there's a new left corner. Trayvon Mullen last week, Kelvin Joseph, Nashawn Wright. You know, they just signed Xavier Xavier and Rhodes. Uh, Xavier Rhodes, like Rhodes, might be there at left corner. Like it's a weird, it's a, it's it's weird. It's so, a bad so, weakness, Carl. So so let and, me ask you, Baldy, real quick about Diggs. What's been the difference this year with him? I know you're you're talking about the the, the other side, and they they've struggled. Diggs hasn't played as well, in my opinion, that he did last year. And I know people say, well, they don't throw his way. But there are other things, even in run support. Some of, some of the stuff that I've seen, and I know you break it down, I'm just – he hasn't played as well as he did well, last year. 
He, if he had 11 interceptions this year, Carl, you'd say he's playing as well. He just doesn't have the numbers. The numbers, but, right. But, you know, like A.J. Brown double moved him. I mean, he's gotten beat. You know, he's a gambler. And so he, you know, he he gives up th- plays. But you, you kind of live with those when you can take the ball away the way he did. You know, you think about the pick six against the Patriots, you know, last year. And, and like, you know, so when you put up numbers, all everything else kind of goes away. And if you don't get those in – those things happen when they happen. You can't force them, you know, and if you're not getting a lot of targets because the other side has been such a weakness, then it really kind of shows up. Um, but I just, like, I, I did that game two weeks ago against Tampa against Carolina, and Mike Evans just wore out. We talked about it in the podcast. No J.C. Horn. Yep. They're going to go after that corner, and they did for three touchdowns. And, you know, going into that game, Mike Evans had three touchdowns on the season. He got three in that game. So, like, I just feel like, you know, that's a, that's a weakness that Tom Brady sees, Mike Evans sees, Chris Godwin sees. Like, I believe they're going to really go after that. Whoever's playing that position, they're going to go after him. And if the pass rush doesn't get better, and the only guy that's winning with any consistency is Micah. He's making things better for other guys. Um, I just don't see Tank and Fowler and Armstrong. I don't see some of these guys winning the way they did when they led the league in sacks after, you know, 13 weeks. Uh, it's kind of gone away the last month. Tampa defensively, I, again, we talk about their personnel. I'm just curious what's going to be the key there for them. Uh, and if you're wondering, by the way, again, Cowboys, you know, we were talking with Nick about this this spread on this game. He thinks it's going to be it, – it'll be two and a half, three points when it's all said and done, uh, if you're wondering about the spread. But what do they have to do, Baldy? Well, they've gotten healthy. They have gotten healthy. Like Vita Vea is back. Akeem Hicks is back. William Golson is solid. Like, they're good against the run. Now, defensive end-wise, like Joe, Tryon, Shoyanka, uh, Anthony Nelson, those guys have played every snap the last three weeks. They've just been down numbers at defensive end. Obviously, Shaq Barrett got, you know, was lost for the season earlier. Um, you know, they – so their defense – they're not getting great pass rush from those guys. So they got a blitz with Devin White and, you know, uh, Todd Bowles has to get creative, and he can do that. He's the, he's the pressure king. So they've got to create the pressure right now. And that leaves them a little vulnerable, Carl, mm-hmm. um, if you can block their pressures up to, to making some plays because they just can't get it off the edge right now. It's going to be a great weekend, guys. We cannot wait. Where are you at, my friend, this weekend? Uh, I'm doing the hula ball on Saturday, so it kind of knocks me out. Uh, but then Sunday I, I got to do uh, do some you know some my share of breakdowns on these three games Sunday. So uh, I'm not going to be at a game Sunday because of – my commitment to the hula bowl right now. That's fun. Well, I mean, come on, the hula bowl. Come on. Yeah, no, it's no, no complaints here. Bro. No complaints here at all. <laughs> well, enjoy, Baldy. Have a good time. Looking forward to these games, guys. And we'll be back next week. We'll talk about the divisional round, what happened moving forward. We're counting down to the Super Bowl. The playoffs are here, and we're here to talk about it with you. In the huddle, Brian Baldinger, Carl Dukes, Jason Lockon Four. Guys, have a great day. We'll talk to you next time.